Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Arnell from CrossFit Caliber out of Streamwood, Illinois. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Very good. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you for being here, for taking some time out of your busy day-to-day of being a gym owner to sit down and have this conversation. I appreciate it. Before we kind of dive into the nitty-gritty of what you have going on over there at CrossFit Caliber, tell me what it was that made you decide to go into business and become a gym owner. Uh, well, uh, before I was a, a um, before I opened CrossFit Caliber, I was an attorney. I was a criminal uh, defense attorney, and um, for about nine years. And uh, I discovered CrossFit about uh, in, in, in uh, 2008. And uh, at that time, I was doing CrossFit by myself in my in my garage. And, and uh, so I do CrossFit in the morning, early in the morning. Then I suit up and go out to the courthouses uh, during, during the day. And then uh, and, and then slowly I, I figure, you know, maybe I should, you know, see see what happens if I if I uh, start teaching people. So I got my L1, my uh, my trainer certificate, and uh, I started teaching CrossFit in my in my garage in the early morning and then also at night. So um, and it got to the point where like I would uh, look forward to teaching CrossFit, even, you know, getting up at 430 in the morning to have people over in my garage and also looking forward to teaching CrossFit at night. But then during the daytime, during my day job, I, I was miserable. I, I just uh, I, I just didn't. I, I it was a big it was a big uh, um, revelation to me. So I decided uh, eventually that I wanted to uh, open up a gym instead of being a an attorney, and I traded my suit for a uh, uh, suit and tie for a t-shirt and shorts, and uh, never looked back. Well, that is not a story that I've heard too many times. Right, <laughs> <laughs> moving from that kind of job into becoming a gym owner, but props to you for doing what made you feel happy because. With with that, you know, when you're working, it doesn't necessarily feel like work. Um, right. you what you do, and that's important. Um, it's good to have that balance. So, <laughs> tell us about CrossFit Caliber. Give us your best elevator pitch. Tell us who you are, what services you guys provide. Paint a picture for us. Well, CrossFit Caliber is a, is a tra- traditional CrossFit gym. Uh, we basically just do uh, regular CrossFit. Um, uh, you know varied movements, um, high intensity workouts. Uh, every day is a different workout and we only do one workout a day. Um, we, uh, we, we're, we're, we're pretty, uh, as CrossFit gyms go, we're pretty small. We're uh, 1200 square feet. Um, sort of like how the CrossFit gyms used to be back in the, uh, late two thousands. Um, and, uh, uh, we make sure that, uh, we provide, uh, uh, good uh, instruction uh, with with our with our classes, we're able to do that. We have probably maybe eight to twelve people uh, in in each class, and we're able to uh, provide a, a good instruction and almost personalized instruction in that uh, type of environment. Um, we concentrate on making sure people move well and move safely, um, and in order to get a good workout, we also want them to get a very good workout uh, with, with with high intensity, whatever they whatever they feel is intense for them. And uh, we want to make sure that everybody leaves happier than when they came in. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really like that. And that traditional idea of CrossFit, right. And that's, that's your bread and butter. That's primarily what you guys do. Um, you told me kind of off air here that you guys offer a little bit of personal training. And so I want to use this opportunity to kind of talk about that. Is that something that you guys offer on the front end or is it kind of on an ask as asked basis? As asked basis. Uh, we, we don't really get too many uh, requests for personal training. So, um, but when we do, we, we do uh, offer it and say it's available. And then we start having uh, conversations with a person as to uh, why they want personal training, what kind of goals they want to achieve. And, and then uh, and we'll go from there. Okay. Got you. Got you. So um, the, the personal training, because it's kind of on an as ask basis, I would assume you only have kind of a couple people in that program. Does that sound about accurate? Uh, not presently. No, we've have had, we've had uh, a few people in the past, but not presently. No. Okay. Um, the reason why I ask is because I think in any business model, there's personal training is like pretty smart for a variety of reasons. The first being like our clients, typically like people coming into CrossFit most of the time have never done CrossFit, CrossFit before. So we can kind of provide them that really, really solid one-on-one -on -one attention to get them to know the movements and everything up front. Um, or maybe our client has a super specific goal. They want to lose five pounds or whatever it might be. We can create a custom plan strictly for them to help them achieve those goals. So like for our clients, it's smart. And then for our business, it's pretty smart too, because we can charge a whole heck of a lot more for PT than we can a normal membership. Is it something that you guys think you will will ever be a bigger part of what you have to offer at CrossFit Caliber? Sure, yeah, definitely. I, I am I'm open to having more um, personal training clients. And, and, and just like you said, the personal training clients that we did have, wanted personal training for the reason that they didn't think they're ready for the regular classes. They were, uh, they wanted to be, uh, they wanted to have personal instruction in order to be taught uh, how to do everything properly in a very controlled environment and also, uh, uh, also have a, a concentrated uh, uh, attention to them. And they also felt better to, so they can go at their own speed. Um, they can go at their own, um, at their own level. Yeah, I've seen a lot of CrossFit gyms, and, and this is like a more recent thing that I've noticed over the past like year or two, a lot of CrossFit gyms offering kind of like a six to 12 week onboarding personal training program for the people who are like really unsure in the beginning um, and where it is just personal training or semi-private training, um, just to kind of dip their toes in the water get used to everything before committing to that group class atmosphere. Um, so definitely something, you know, to think about as you guys grow, um, there's definitely a need for it. And a lot of times in a CrossFit gym, people just don't even know that it's something that we offer because they hear the word CrossFit and they're like, ah, group classes. That's what CrossFit is, right? Um, yeah. So if we can offer more than that, um, it's always good for, for, for our clients and ultimately for the business. Um, question that I have for you here. Let's talk about the membership. So how does the membership work? Is it a monthly membership? Do they pay per class? Kind of what options do you have available? Oh, we are, our memberships are monthly memberships. Uh, it's, it's month to month. And um, it's, a, we have two different memberships. It's a 13 times per month or a 30 times per month. 
Um, and that's it. Uh, if we do have drop-in type memberships for people who are out of town and they come in uh, for, for business reasons, they, they stay in the area and they want to do CrossFit here, we do have like seven-day packages. We do have um, uh, per-day packages. But other than that, um, no, nothing really, nothing else. I've never heard of a 13 times per month membership. How no. did you come to that conclusion that that would be a smart choice for you guys? Well, it's a, a, a lot of people like to, uh, they, when they first start with CrossFit, they don't want to jump into the 30 times per month. They don't feel like they can come in like six times a week or, 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 or five times a week. So they want to ease into it. And uh, they say maybe three times a week is good for them. And so 13 times a month actually fits that. You know, there are some months that are they have five weeks in them. There's some months that are four weeks. And so that, that the extra day, it should be, it, it, theoretically, it should only be uh, 12 days, 12, 12 days a month, but months don't work out that that way. So then we had that 13th day in there. So yeah, okay. that's, yeah. That, that's neat. Um, I really like that. And it gives people an option. And of course, people are always going to want to upgrade. Like they do the 13 month or 13 times per month. And then I'm assuming the goal is to eventually get them to upgrade to that. Yes, third. yes, it is. Definitely. And, and a lot of them do. Yeah, yeah. Just to kind of get used to the routine of going into the gym and whatnot. Um, but next question I have here is, you know, those are your memberships. How many clients do you guys have right now? Uh, currently, we have 70. 70 clients. Is that a comfortable spot for you, Arnell, or are you guys looking to hit the gas, grow, help more people? Oh, we would definitely like to grow. Yeah. Uh, it, we got, a, there was one point where we had about 120 at one point that was before the pandemic. And, uh, and uh, we were also a lot bigger back then, actually, we were, we were twice the size back then. And uh, I had to downsize a little bit. Um, uh, and I found that I was able to do the same with less size. And, and because of that downsizing, some, some members, uh, left, uh, because of that, uh, they weren't, um, they, I, they had, uh, they weren't too comfortable with the, the smaller size of the facility. Um, but, uh, but now it's, it's slowly coming back and I definitely want to, I, I want to be able to move back up to a little bit over a hundred, uh, yeah. members. I mean, people are always going to leave because they're unhappy about whatever, but yeah, right. like industry average, right? Or I guess not industry average, but what they say in this industry is that with group fitness, if we have 1200 square feet of usable space, we should be able to fit a hundred people per a thousand square feet. So mm -hmm. 120 members would be on that target. If yeah. we're going by that target. So I think that you could probably make it work. Even, you know, you said you have like six or seven classes a day. That's totally doable yeah. um, with, with, with that number of classes. Um, so that growth process, what does that look like for you? How are you guys getting the word out? How are you growing? How are you getting people in the front door? Well, uh, we, I, I've tried a lot of uh, different ways in the past, uh, Facebook, um, uh, but mostly uh, it's it's from word of mouth right now, um, and uh, we also do a lot of uh, like events where we uh, we encourage members to bring in their friends, like bring friend days. Um, but it's mostly word of mouth. I mean, wh what I what I like to concentrate on is providing a really good service uh, uh, for for our clients and and uh, providing them with results that they're looking for, and uh, and for the, and uh, hopefully that will. Uh, cause them to get the word out and invite their friends, their neighbors or coworkers uh, to come in. 
Uh, but yeah. and, all, and also too, um, another and another avenue is Google. I mean, people who are looking for CrossFit, all they do is just they they just put CrossFit in, in Google and they see all the gyms around their neighbor neighborhood pop up. And we get a lot of times we get a lot of people who who find us and they say, "Wow, I didn't know you guys are only five minutes away from me, and I've been living in this neighborhood for like fifteen years." So, um, but yeah, Google is also another way of uh, getting uh, new clients. Yeah, no, Google is, is always good. If people are looking like for a gym, we're going to pop up and then, you know, they find out that we're, oh, we're there. They're, I'm there a mile away. I didn't even know. Right. Um, but I'm sure if you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard me say that word of mouth is great because it means that, you know, we're getting in clients who already trust us. So people come in, they already know who we are. They already trust us. But when it comes to, predicting that growth it's difficult with word of mouth because we can't say this month we want 10 clients to come in through word of mouth because we can't predict the speed at which people are going to talk so it is a little bit tricky you mentioned a couple of things early on that you said you've tried a lot you've tried the social media side of things why is that something that you don't utilize to get people in the door well, um, in the beginning, it, it worked really well uh, on Facebook and 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 uh, because it was it was just you know it was just so new and people were really into it. Um, but now, uh, for some reason, I, I don't know why, but just just uh, just recently, um, I've also done a poll with my current members, and they they've all they've all said that um, uh, they they found us through word of mouth, through primarily through word of mouth, and um, Facebook was maybe uh, less than two percent of um of the people who who uh we the current members that we have so um i i've come to the conclusion that facebook is, is great for posting you know fun stuff and 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 uh just to showcase members and you know and but but to to get to 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 bring in new members it's it's not that effective anymore yeah um so i understand what you're saying and i think that facebook can be ineffective when we're not using it the right way. Mm-hmm. Now, when you guys were utilizing Facebook to try and grow, um, were you guys doing like organic posting? Were you boosting posts? Were you running digital advertisements? Kind of what um, features were you using? In the beginning, we were we were boosting. Um, we were also uh, it was mostly organic. Um, people are really excited every time uh, we had a, a we posted a video of them you know doing things like box jumps and then we tagged them and their friends see like oh you're doing crossfit too that's great where do you go um that type of thing um but after a while it seemed like uh the uh, the, uh, the rate of uh, uh return was not so good with the boosting and and then the yep. paid ads and no, so yeah. i definitely agree with you and and if you if anybody listening to this show can learn anything from this episode um it should be do not boost a post on Facebook. It is a trick. They try yeah. to trick you into spending money, yeah. paying Mark, paying Mark Zuckerberg like a bunch of money just to all you're going to get is like oh, boosted overall awareness of your brand. Right. Yeah. And, um, brand awareness is good, but we can do that organically. We don't have to spend money to have great brand awareness. Um, brand awareness does not equal dollar signs. Um, and so we shouldn't be boosting things on Facebook because it is a waste of money. We want to make sure that we are getting a return on that investment that we're making, right? If we're spending $50, 
we better be making a hundred at least, or it's not right, exactly it. right. Um, so Facebook also has a feature that's not boosting. It is a paid advertisement. Have you guys tried that at all, or have you only boosted? Uh, I don't. I, you know, it's been so long. I I might have. I don't remember. I don't it's remember. tricky. It's yeah. tricky. I know for sure. I'm definitely not a social media expert. I, and I remember like when we first started doing this stuff at our CrossFit gym, it was like going over my head. And for a while, I feel like we did waste money um, trying all the different things. Um, but after a while, we got them going and we were getting a three to one return on oh, the investment that we were spending in ads. I think when we're focused so heavily on organic it's fine, but organic is not going to give us the traffic that we want. When we post organically, it costs time. And time is the only thing you and I, we can never earn back. So if we're spending time creating these posts and tagging people and only 10% of our following is ever going to see it, is it worth it? Mm, probably not. Um, so definitely, you know, some ideas there. As you move into um, that continued stage of growth, um, next question that I have for you, and I like to ask this one, just because I think for us, it's a good talking point. And for the listener, it's a good point for them to kind of learn. What would you say is your biggest business related challenge right now, Arnell? And what are you doing to kind of work on overcoming that? Business related challenge. I guess what, what we've been talking about is trying to get more members in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it is, it, it's, it, it, I've, 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 I've been, I've been doing this uh, for a little bit over 11 years now, and I pretty much tried everything. And uh, it's, uh, um, yeah, getting the members in um, it, it's, it's the biggest challenge. Yeah. So to kind of, like, we, we talked about this already a little bit, but I want to ask you, you know, if you were to have 100 members at least 100 members in the door of the gym, what would that do for you guys? Like what opportunities does that open up for the business and for you as a person? Uh, well, as a business, uh, it would give us an opportunity to uh, probably uh, expand, uh, to grow maybe into a bigger uh, facility. Um, me as a person, it would give me a little bit more autonomy. Um, I would be able to do work uh, more on the business instead of in the business. Um, right now, I am coaching uh, um, a good amount of classes as well as running the business side of it as well. But um, uh, definitely, uh, more membership would would allow me to uh, uh, to maybe go up at a higher level and have more people coach, and maybe have managers, uh, maybe have more full time uh, coaches uh, work on the gym and and have me work on the business and developing the business more. Yeah. And that's something that we commonly hear, especially in this industry, is if we are so caught up in the day-to-day -day of our business, we're the one coaching the classes, we're the one doing the PT session, we're the one calling the leads, everything, all of the above, wearing a million hats. Right. We don't have time to work on the growth of the business. And so it's pretty common, like where our business just kind of it's running, but it's not really growing a ton because why, why would it if we don't have the time to focus on it? So um, I'm excited for you. You have a really good growth mindset that I think that once you have the opportunity to kind of focus a little bit more on the business side, I think that you'll really grow and expand. Um, next question that I have for you here, and I like to ask this one because I think I'm definitely a dreamer and I like to dream big. 
And so if you could have a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for your business came true, what would that picture look like for you? Like there's absolutely no limitations. You can uh-huh. achieve anything. Uh, what would that be? Well, I would say probably uh, twice the size that we are now. Um, I, I would have uh, uh, coaches uh, working for me, running all the classes. I'd probably, I still would like to coach classes. I love coaching classes. I love teaching and, and watching people grow and, and become better. So I definitely would be coaching a few of those classes myself. Um, and then I would uh, be working on other uh, ventures as well. I mean, I'm, I have a, a lot of other personal interests that I, I, I would, uh, I'm involved in, and I would like to maybe uh, work on those um, and maybe even uh, open new ventures alongside the, the CrossFit gym. That, that sounds super yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, I always tell people like, it's okay to be a little bit selfish. And like, if that's what you want for yourself, you gotta make it happen. Um, did I think like when I was operating, you know, when we first got the gym going after COVID, did I think that I would be able to be sitting here having this conversation with you and not be in the gym at all? No. Um, but we made it happen. And so (laughs) here I am. And I know that you can kind of do the same thing. Um, if you kind of set yourself up for that. So with, with that, what do you feel like it's important for you to focus on right now as the business currently stands to make it a possibility for you to step outside of the business a little bit, to have a bigger facility, to be able to spend time building other businesses? Well, what I could do right now definitely is, is work on trying to get more membership. And, um, and I think, uh, uh, with that, improve uh, the quality of service. I think we 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 do we do really well with uh, with our coaching and teaching and all that. But I think we can also uh, we can we can improve that more because that will definitely bring in more uh, more members. Um, if I had the resources, um, I would definitely pour more money into uh, uh, type uh, advertising, maybe boosting uh, social media, uh, uh, paid ads. Uh, I, yeah, if, if if I can if I can do more of that, but but mostly just cultivating uh, 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 increased membership through the members that we have, um, and and learning uh, and and trying to find other ways to bring more members in. Definitely. Yep, I think that we can always rely on that referral. We can always rely on our members to bring us some friends. Um, I think as long as we have that good quality of service, like you said, people are going to talk. So that word of mouth referrals supplemented with, you know, some other form of advertising. And in 2022, that is digitally. Um, It's like the recipe for success uh, right now. So excited to see you kind of grow and I'm going to follow along. Um, But before we go, what word of advice would you have for somebody who just opened up their, their own CrossFit gym today? Wow. Well, first thing I would do is don't discount your services. I mean, don't, um, um, that's the first, that's the first thing I did when I first opened up. I, um, I mean, I I took a look at all the the gyms in the area and what they were charging and purposely charged lower than them in order to bring more members in. And I found that, um, it did work, but it presented a lot more problems and headaches than, uh, it was worth. And so if I charged what I thought I was worth and what I should, you know, what, what, you know, you should charge for a uh, CrossFit uh, membership, then I probably would have been better off. 
That's a really, really good reminder. Um, I was talking to somebody completely unrelated to the, to the gym, but she has a baking business and she made like these personalized sugar cookies and she only charged $25 per dozen. And it, it cost her, like she said that she was do, making them for like two weeks. And I was like, that is not worth $25 a dozen. You can't devalue yourself. Right. Don't devalue your service. And that is common in our industry too, is gyms are, you know, I've heard of CrossFit gyms charging like $89 per month. And it's just like, how, you know, how are you making money off of that? You're not, and you, you should never devalue your service just because you want to be affordable for people because ultimately people will pay. Um, right, and exactly. so if they, if they truly want the service, people are going to pay. So that's a really good reminder and a good way for us to kind of end the show. What is the Instagram or the Facebook? Where can our listeners go to well, follow you, CrossFit Caliber online? Well, you can find us on Instagram, uh, CrossFit. Uh, let me see here. Actually, it's, it's been a while since I looked at uh, what we're called here. Um, uh, CrossFit Caliber. Yeah. On, on Facebook, yeah. I mean, it's on Instagram and also just our CrossFit Caliber uh, public page. Awesome. Easy enough for us to find that online. CrossFit Caliber, guys, go check it out. Arnell, thank you for being here, for spending some time with us, giving back to the fitness industry. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords thank you for listening to this interview but don't go anywhere we still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode but if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients keep them longer and make more money head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants you see here at gym launch we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales take home more money and build the business of their dreams and it simply starts with a phone call click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today now let's head into the next interview what's going on everyone welcome back to another episode of the gym lords podcast i will be your host today my name is jj hernandez and joining us on the show today is a very special guest it is the one and only Kelsey with Restore Fitness out of California. Kelsey, what's going on? Happy Friday. How are you feeling today? What's going on? I feel good. It's good to be a Friday for sure. There we go. Yeah, right there behind the weekend. And look, we're excited to have you on. And we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with Restore. But first, let's take a step back and give the viewers some perspective. And let's start with the first question here, which is simply... Mm -hmm. How many members are you serving currently? Uh, we have about 40 to 50 active members right now. Awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. And for you, Kelsey, what's been the best method of getting new people in and through the door? Uh, honestly, for us, since we're pretty small base still, um, it's been word of mouth, which has been really cool. Um, but mostly Instagram has been our kind of biggest marketing. Um, okay. But we love getting people in to try it out. And then next thing you know, they're telling their friends and they're telling their friends. So yeah, that's simply how it is. Kind of the best, the best way. Yeah. And I love the versatility as well. I mean, you're using word of mouth, obviously, which will be around forever, but they're also using social media as well. So you're not one dimensional in this case. Yeah. And so 
for you, I mean, I think every facility is different, right? But for you, what's been, I guess, if if if, and if you don't know the answer, it's okay. But I, I don't want to assume either. But let's say like, for example, leads, traffic, clients, all these things were hypothetically unlimited. I mean, how much higher could you go than that 50 or so mark? Um, we can go a little higher, but with the space we're working with, uh, we can't do probably more than another 15 clients, okay. um, but we are looking to grow. So, um, yeah, we're kind of maxed out till we hit the next space. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a good problem to have. I mean, unless it starts intervening with the business, of course, obviously that's the concern, yeah. but the fact that you're in a scaling stage here and you know, you're going to expand, that's not a bad thing. And, um, yeah. And I know this from just experience, right? And I know you, it's you and your husband here, but how are you both able to manage and track your current clients with how long they've been with you? You know, if they're just starting, if they're canceling, how do you know those metrics? Yeah, we actually use the software uh, Glowfox. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's been really helpful. Um, at first, we thought it was a little expensive, but it's definitely worth it. It tracks everything. We can use, and now we have our own app through them as well. So um, it's been easy to communicate with clients and to send out emails, to send out reminders. They can book, shows us our leads, shows us if anyone hasn't booked in a while. Um, so it's all on that software. So that's been helpful since yeah, in the beginning days, good. we were just writing it down on, on paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think, I mean, honestly, I think that's what most people do anyway. Right? I mean, like we're fitness professionals, am I right? It's like, we track our macros, how much weight is on the bar, you know, all of these things. And then sometimes our metrics are like, ah, yeah, I think I have like 20 clients or so. So it's yeah. good that you have that at least managed and down packed. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Kelsey, I want to throw a little bit of a longer winded question, but a good question in itself. And so, um, if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just go ahead and ask. Sure. But, um, you know, in, in the fitness and gym industry, there's about three pillars of business we use most prominently. And that's going to be number one, your lead generation, right? Which is getting people through the door, simply your marketing. Number two is going to be your sales, which is your acquisition, getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then lastly, it's your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Kelsey, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Um, honestly, just kind of getting people to come try out the class. And I mean, we go in, in waves. So I feel like there's some times yeah. where we can excel on one area other times we can excel in another area right now, especially when holidays start coming up, it's going to be more challenging to get people through the door. So that's going to be the area that we're working on in these next few months. Um, but when people are trying it out, trying to get them to convert into members. Um, so I do find it gets a little bit challenging um, and competitive in Santa Barbara, since there's so many other gyms here, mm -hmm. uh, but just showing that we're different. So, um, also we've grown such a close community so far, all of our clients that are with us, they love the fact that we're a boutique gym. So very yeah. small, a smaller based gym, um, more high end, more exclusive. So we're trying to show people that feel of, um, kind of pre COVID, but still being cautious of like the amount of people in our gym. So once clients are that's why we're trying to lure them in it's like once you get in here you realize it's super fun and you're gonna get machine without having to wait 
you know, 30 minutes at other gyms kind of things. Um, yeah, just trying to get people back in the door during these times. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think people realize how much of a, of a recovery we're still in from COVID, right? It's like, you're still trying to bounce Mm -hmm. back. I think that's so Mm -hmm. true. And I appreciate the honesty and transparency with the response. Now, I have two more questions for you. My two favorite questions, which is, you know, what's the bigger picture, Kelsey? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? Oh gosh. You want the short version or the long version? <laughs> whatever, whatever you got, yes. whatever you got. We just have so much exciting new things happening in our vision. And um, so right now, you know, our, our gym is about 1500 square foot. So we have, weight training classes, we do cardio kickboxing, and then we do one-on-one personal training. Um, But because of the space and the things we want to offer, we can't quite offer that to our clients until we move to a bigger location. So we're in the process of looking now, we're going to add like a recovery room. Right now we have those Normatec compression boots and the arms, and we think recovery is a huge um, thing to add to your life with fitness and everything and health. So once we get a bigger space, we can have all that included. So we still want to be that exclusivity kind of high-end gym where we're going to get the best of the best equipment. Um, There's only going to be a certain amount of members and that you just come in and you get to use the full recovery. We would like to eventually get, you know, a personal uh, physical therapist in there. Nice. um, And just, you know, adding little elements. That's kind of like a one-stop shop. I love that. Yeah, which is, I think it's exactly what we were mentioning before about, you know, getting them to stay longer, but get more from you in that process, which, you know, it's not like you're trying to take more money from their pockets, but being able to offer more, so they don't have to look anywhere else. They're going to spend that money regardless. So might as well be with you. Yeah, and um, one last question, um, you know, if you could go back in time here to when you first started the facility, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? That would be staying on top of our finances <laughs> and the P&L and, you know, being first time business owners, all that stuff is so new. We were just kind of just running with it. Right. And not really keeping yeah. track of our P&L and um, what we're making versus spending all that stuff. So just recently we tried to move into a new spot but we didn't have our P&Ls and all that organized with bookkeeping. Again, my husband and I gotcha. are doing this on our own. We, we just yeah. finally hired one person, but you know, we're wearing all the hats. So finally sure. ordering, or finally hiring a bookkeeper. She helped us get organized. So now we finally see the correct numbers. That software I was talking about is great for clients and kind of money coming in, but it's not showing what we're spending on our yeah. equipment and stuff for the gym. So I wish I would have known that then because <laughs> then yeah. we can go to a new place confidently and say listen this is what we can afford with this square footage uh, we do have an investment um, investors interested in us so it would have been nice to know this information earlier and say hey listen this is what we're looking at this is how much we need this is what we're going to buy for more equipment and just be more confident in looking for a new space with our finances yeah well, I'll tell you what, Kelsey, that was a mic drop of an answer because it's a very honest answer, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode, but before we sign out, I mean, if you have any social media, Facebook, website, let the people know where can they find out more about you and the facility? 
Uh, yeah, so our Instagram is rstrfitness. Um, and then our email address, uh, or sorry, website is uh, rstrfitness.com. So you can book on there. You can check us out on social media. Um, check out what we're doing for classes, personal training, daily life stuff. So There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? Sounds good. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us to talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'm here with my guy, Luke Andrews. Luke is uh, OG in the Anytime Fitness world and excited to dive in with us here on a couple of different topics, but our focus today is going to be more in the realm of retention, ascension, making our customers valuable to the business, as well as making the business valuable to the industry. Luke, before we talk strategy and tactics and everything that comes with this conversation, give us a little bit of background and context on you and and how you became part of the Anytime family the way that you are now. Yeah, so... um... I, I have kind of a weird background. I went to college for history. I was just going to be a teacher and uh, graduated with that. But while I was in college, uh, my buddy had been talking about this Anytime Fitness franchise where this crazy idea that you can have a key fob and get into a gym 24-7 was just the most ridiculously cool thing we'd ever heard of. And uh, he had spent uh, bought a franchise territory on a, on a credit card. And uh, he's like, we're going to open this club. And so I had been kind of following my friend there. And uh, I was ready for a change in industry. At the time, I was I was directing commercials while I was also going to school for history. And so I said, hey, I'll be your first manager. How about that? So we started off there. Um, after that, we ended up growing in clubs. We opened another and then bought two shortly after. Within three years, we had five clubs. And by this time, I had transitioned over to the personal training side of things. Uh, I really enjoyed that job and being able to be a coach and sell training. 
So I became a personal training director and uh, shortly after that uh, got some recognition and that kind of propelled me on this platform to consult. And so then I became a consultant for Anytime Fitness uh, around 2015. And so in 2019, I left Anytime Fitness uh, for a to partner up with a franchisee and become part owner in his clubs. At the time, we had 10 and now we're we're about to open number 25. Yeah, quite a journey. I think somewhat unique, but I, I would say a lot of the background there isn't unfamiliar to many of the people that listen to this podcast. They had been involved in the fitness industry in some yeah. sense. They wanted to become a trainer. It happened to go really well for you, and, and you shared that message with others, and it's since built since then, right? We've been able mm -hmm. to align ourselves with the right people, put together the right sort of teams to give you the opportunity to be where you are now overseeing a handful or more really of clubs and, and further influencing, influencing your, your people. Now, Luke, I, I want to pick your brain because like we mentioned from the jump here, so much of that, and especially in the last two or three years in the fitness industry, but so much of, of what you've been able to do is impact the, the retention numbers, the attrition, the churn of your clubs both from a membership standpoint and a personal training standpoint, from a high level, what do you think had the most influence in your ability to do that? What, what was it that you were focused on? No, Joe, we're talking on attrition specifically, right? Correct. Yeah, man, this is, this is such a loaded topic because so many people talk about attrition and retention and, um, I think it's simpler than most people think. I feel like the go-to for attrition is club culture. You got to build this club culture that everybody loves. And, you know, uh, we have those, we have those systems in place. We have core values. We have uh, other things that we can talk about uh, to improve our club culture. If we put a pin in that, but I think a lot of people uh, over, they 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 focus on the things that are really really hard to measure. Attrition, for example, Joe is actually very hard to measure. It's something that doesn't really hit until after you put the work in, right? Because mm. you're you you can do all these things, you can add to your culture, and really you're not going to see the results of that for months because your attrition, you know, it's later. It's after the fact that you actually find it. Uh, it's hard to measure it, and. Yeah. I think it's easy to overcomplicate it and base it off of these things that are really hard to move. It's just hard to move the chains and even to see yeah. the chains move. Yeah, right? I think it's we need a, a longer timeline of data to really right. even see trends like you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's there's so many different trade. things that that play a part in what is going to move the needle the most. Especially if you're someone that's opening a club, because you're really not going to see your attrition mature for i mean at least 18 to 24 months so you could be doing it wrong and focusing on the wrong things for 24 months before you realize oh wow that attrition has never slowed down it's you know now it's 30 now it's 45 now it's 55 now it's 60. it yeah. can get out of hand quickly in a model like anytime with general membership 
people paying a monthly fee, coming and using the facility as they choose, as well as a heavier focus on, on personal training here in the last handful of years from any time as a corporate entity. Is there a difference between retention on those two? Do you focus on different things or is it still sort of the same bucket? It is different because with Anytime Fitness, we offer reciprocity. And so Anytime Fitness has a transfer process, right? And so any member can tell you that if a member is using another club for a certain period of time, they will automatically transfer to that club. And so some of the attrition is out of our control. So we have to measure it a little differently because we're getting a lot of transfers in and transfers out. So what we do is we measure our, we call it AF attrition, which is specifically canceling out the members transferred in and the members transferred out so that we can get, we can hone in on what is it that I can control? What is it that I can do to actually protect the members that I bring in and, and the members that I'm able to keep? Yep. So anytime fitness's attrition is going to look higher than most big boxes, simply because, um, you know, a big box might have. 13,000 members. And, you know, even if they lose a hundred members a month, uh, they're still below 10% attrition. Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, whereas with us, if we have 800 or a thousand members and we lose a hundred a month, that's looking, that's, that's pretty rough. You know, that's right. a bad, bad situation. Right. And even more so from a revenue standpoint, on the personal training side of things. Every new person we sign up, fantastic. We're getting that boost in revenue, but every person that leaves because of the price point there, it's that much more impactful as well. Yeah, for and our you, personal training is completely different. You know, our strategies for attrition need to be on both sides, really, on, on membership and on personal training. Yeah. For you overseeing the clubs and, and being a little bit removed from the day-to-day -day training floor how are you communicating that to your team how are you upholding the standard or the core values that you mentioned earlier how how challenging has that been from the seat that you're in it's incredibly challenging and you no matter there's only so much that you can communicate to a team right there's only so many zoom meetings that we can have so whenever you're looking to scale a business and build on your clubs and make them, you know, uh, we want to be one of the largest anytime franchisees there are. Uh, we have an aggressive growth schedule. I can't really leave. Most things need to be uh, baked into our operations as opposed to something I need to drill home and, and remind them of because there's only, there's a timeline before that message doesn't matter anymore, right? And, and they no longer believe it once they've heard it. What we've done is we've really had to simplify this and say, what are the ways that I can speak to them about lowering our attrition without ever speaking and without them mm -hmm. even knowing that I'm driving those points home? Yeah, That's it, it's a, it's certainly, I think it's helpful to to picture this as the differences between somebody owning one anytime club and somebody owning what you said soon to be 25. Yeah. I'm much more closer to the battle if I'm the owner of one than 
25. And you should be doing much better than I am if you're only one, because no one's going to care more than you. No one's going to be able to save more cancellations than you, right? Because you're there. It's personal. It's, it's easy to connect with that member. Right. But when I have, you know, when, when you have 25 clubs, you have to accept that, you know, there's probably five managers out there that we're going to have a little bit of regression to the mean. Right? Yeah, or, you know, maybe maybe my onboarding process is not as thorough, not as attentive as it would be if I was the person training them, right? Because no one cares more than me. And so I've got to find ways to motivate them uh, that don't require me beating a dead horse. For the, the clubs that you oversee currently, this is a helpful question for people to hear, because I think whether I have one, whether I have 25, there's still challenges, there's still hurdles. Believe me, yeah. you're, you can probably be the poster child for that sort of sentiment. Absolutely. Is it retention in, in customer value, revenue per member, whatever metric we put on that, that's front of mind for you the most? Or is there something else that you're looking to tackle here moving forward, at least with the clubs that we have now? Yeah, that's a great question. So remember I was talking about, all right, you got to bake this and you got to make this second nature to them rather than have to talk about it on a meeting every week. Really, I think people get so bogged down in if my culture's great, people aren't going to quit, right? If I just treat people great and I love on people and we sing around the campfire, everything's going to be great. But the truth is, when a, when a low-cost competitor comes in across the street, you will be devastated to find out uh, how many people, despite your great culture, are choosing the 8 to $10 membership. And it's yeah. going to hurt. And, and it's going to feel like betrayal. And we've, we've, we've witnessed that firsthand um, in, in our flagship club. We had a, a low-cost competitor, um, $10 membership, 200 yards from our front door. And we watched all the people that we thought we had the best culture in the world, man. Everybody looked at us and, and respected what we did for our members and appreciation and everything and involvement. And they still left. You know, we, we lost half our members and, and it was a devastating blow. So what we've done is thought of, OK, well, look, here's what attrition is. All right. Simple. Members in, members out. It's not your culture. It's it's. How many members walk through the door and how many members cancel, right? In its simplest form. And so one thing that we had to do is like whenever I came onto this company is everyone was paid. Uh, so we had, we had to think, okay, well, what's the most motivating thing? It's money, right? And so- Easiest to measure too. Yeah, it's the easiest to measure. You want it to be easy for your, your team members to measure as well. So how do we affect this in a way that's actually going to help them? Okay, so when we got on board, they were paid for every single member that gets joined, right? So it's like you get paid a certain flat fee for every member that you sign up. Well, that's cool, but it's incomplete because if that person signs up 30 members that month and, you know, we're, we're a smaller gym, so 30 members is a decent month at an Anytime Fitness, right? They sign up 30 members that month, but they lose 40, then they're not looking at what's going out the door. They're looking at what's coming in. That's what their pay is for. And they're happy as a clam while, they're, while their business is failing, right? 
Well, that doesn't work because if the business is continuing to fail, then that means that that person doesn't get a raise later on because there's no money to do it. And so we have to find ways that help both the profit of the business and the person. So yeah. we switched it. Um, we started paying a higher rate, but based off of members that are net members that you actually get per month. Uh -huh. And then we- So less started, micro and more macro picture. Yeah. And so then it becomes like half the time they weren't even measuring their cancellations. A person walks through the door and they, they don't do anything about it. You know, I want to cancel. Okay, cool. Should see it process in 30 days. But now, hey, man, that's going to affect my bonus. I, I can't let this person go because I only have 29 members this month. This is my 28th cancellation. If I lose one more, I break even and I don't get paid because I don't get a net member. So, and then what we did was we tied uh, another piece of their commission to the overall uh, remit of the club, which is, you know, the money coming in from membership. So not only are they compensated for the net members, but they're compensated for the growth, the financial growth and revenue of their club. Well, you can't financially grow if more members are walking out the door than coming in. It seems so, simplistic to say it like that, but yeah. It's so simple. And, you know, so that that's one, right? Tie it to yeah. net members. Tie their performance and their goals to net members, not to the members coming in. It doesn't matter if you say, hey, let's get 50 new members if 55 are canceling. Right. right. A theme that comes up in our conversations here a lot is what gets measured gets managed, right? If I'm having yeah. a conversation yeah. with an owner about marketing and lead gen, all right, how many leads do you get an average month? And you don't know. There's nothing that we can say until we have that information for you yeah, guys. What's your CPL? If you don't know your cost per lead, why are you putting any money into it? You know, right. for this, our conversation, just bringing into perspective in your individual club owner's mind, the net result of all of this I'm sure immediately had an improvement. And so now that we have that data and that perspective, how do we improve that longer term? What's the next step for you guys? Cancellations, a cancellation process. So when we acquire a club and I'll use a club as an example too, uh, but when we acquire the club, the first thing we do is we change their pay structure. We make sure that no one's getting a pay cut if they get, if they get purchased by my company. Can I say the name of my company? Is that? Of course, go ahead. Blue Star Investments. Um, if if a if an Anytime Fitness get and we deal exclusively with Anytime Fitness. Um, if an Anytime Fitness gets purchased by uh, by Blue Star Investments, we immediately we match that person's pay. We don't want them to. We're not in the business of uh, giving pay cuts out whenever we buy a business. Uh, we buy it based on the performance. We pay we pay for it based on the performance, and um, we try to retain our employees. And so. When we go in, we we restructure them in a way where they're making you know the same amount of pay, but diff and under a different structure. And that that structure would be um, based off of a net member bonus and uh, a share, a percentage share of the remit uh, that the club is doing in, in membership revenue uh, per mm -hmm. month, so that they're immediately motivated. And then yep. we the specificity of that is is yeah. what truly shines. Yeah. And then we implement a cancellation process. Right. And so, you know, if you want to cancel while you're still in term of your membership, there's going to be a fee. Right. We try to make that as easy to communicate as possible. Um, 
And we even, you know, in, in some cases we've said, if you're paying, you know, a $200 fee to cancel your membership. So it's, it's $200 fee or a remainder of your contract, whichever is less money. But if you're paying that $200 membership, I have some employees and I totally approve of this saying, Hey, you know what, Joe, you're canceling now. I want you. And I got this from my buddy, uh, my buddy, Chris, who presents for idea, uh, Stevenson, I think he does. Uh, if look, if you cancel now, you pay this $200. Here's what I want you to know when you come back and you will come back because you're going to miss us. You can use that $200 towards a personal training package. Mm. Right. Aha. Uh -huh. It's beautiful. Because now they're not leaving in disgrace. They just know we understand there's another chapter in your life. Um, but but that that's another conversation on, you know, getting those people back, but specifically on nutrition and retention. You know, they got to go through a process. They got to come in person. They got to go through a questionnaire. And that questionnaire is designed with questions to kind of bring them back to their first love and their goal um, when they joined. And, you know, I would say... I'd like it to be over 50% of the time. I would say probably 30, 40% of the time. By the time we're done with the questionnaire, the member doesn't want to cancel anymore. Yep. You know, it's that, that win back, that exit interview. Now, I, yeah, this is a yeah, conversation yeah, that we could go really, really deep on. But anytime being a franchise, is that a company thing or is that the clubs that you hold? It, it's the clubs that we hold. Um, I see. You know, Anytime Fitness is a, is, is a great franchise, but they're not going to be able to check all the boxes. Like, and, right. and that's kind of why I like it. There's, there's a lot. Of, there there's, is a lot of artistic well, license. In, in yeah, yeah. There's a level of innovation there. And I can improve uh, and kind of create our own systems while still maintaining the brand promises. Uh, yep. And I think the brand promises are fantastic in this, this franchise. It's a great sure. franchise. But um. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, and it really comes down to that, Joe. It's it's uh, it's membership in, membership out, uh, cancellations, and then the last thing that uh, on the membership side that we do for attrition is is as simple as EFT. Um, instead of credit cards, go for the bank accounts, man, and compensate your employees based off of that. Create some incentives around getting the EFT because you're going to see a much higher attrition with the members that are on bank draft. Uh, as opposed to the ones with credit cards. Yeah. I appreciate the the actual tactical strategy that you share with us here. For you looking forward here, Luke, 25 clubs were, were in a pretty good spot. What's the biggest opportunity for you guys moving forward? Where are your eyes looking coming into 2023? Uh, we have some more territories to develop uh, in any franchise you're going to see if you're acquiring at the rate we are uh, you got to play ball and that means open new locations and uh, luckily I think after COVID we have we've seen sort of a migration from the city to the rural areas and so there's more real estate out there uh, for anytime fitnesses, I think that it's actually a better time to to open than it has been in years uh, in anytime fitness. It's not oversaturated. There's plenty of rural opportunities because uh, you only need about 6,000 to 10,000 people in a town to have a very successful anytime fitness. Yep. And so um, 
so we have we have a couple more clubs on our horizon that we want to continue to open. Uh, there's more territories that we have in different states and uh, and other than that, man, we you know we want to acquire, we want to continue to grow. Um, I'd like to I'd like to continue to grow on clubs that are profitable. Uh, we have a lot of there are a lot of owners out there that buy struggling clubs, and that's a really cool strategy. Uh, it requires a different level of attention. What we've been really good at is taking good clubs to great uh, with Blue Star Investments. And, and that's our strategy, it's kind of the Warren Buffett strategy. Yeah, I think it's it's sort of if we were to liken it to like flipping houses, like finding poor opportunities and, and making it passable enough to be investable or finding an investable club and making it truly profitable. I don't think they're yeah. they're tremendously different, but it's certainly a different implementation for sure yeah every club is going to have sort of a j club after you j curve after you buy it uh typically you'll see a dip in revenue and it's going to take you a couple months if you're good to get it back over but you know we're looking at clubs with higher higher membership base that uh i i want to go to a club that's doing relatively well financially but that has no processes I want, I want as this That's the unicorn. That's the dream. Oh man. And that is a unit. It's a beautiful unicorn. I've purchased a few of those that are just fantastic because, you know, we had one with uh 60% attrition and it was 63, actually 12 months after we purchased it, the attrition was at 29%, which is pretty much the top 1% of anytime fitnesses, most anytime fitnesses because of reciprocity and transfers in and transfers out. Most anytime fitnesses are around that 50 to 55% uh, attrition uh, rate. And, you know, this club now has one of the best in the system. All I did was establish a follow-up program for new members, um, <laughs> a cancellation process. Uh, yeah. I introduced the, the, the diamond in the rough. The EFT and uh, you know we've grown the membership by over 200 net members uh, in the last 12 months as a result. Can't beat that, Luke. This is this is a conversation that we could go on for hours and hours. I'm sure, and I'm sure there's things that we missed entirely, but we'll have to save that for another conversation. I can't thank you enough for your willingness to contribute here. People in our industry really, really benefit from this type of brainstorming conversation. So I'm excited to see what the future holds for you guys with, with your 25 clubs plus in the future. I wish you nothing but the best, man. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah. Joe, if I might, could, could I just add like a Please small, do. you know, I don't want to belittle culture though. It's absolutely, um, uh, you know, while we talked about tactical things, right. Net members, um, cancellations and EFT. I also, I don't want to belittle culture. We have a very, very strong, stands on one of our core values is to be a day maker um, and uphold the highest service standards. And uh, we also give a budget uh, to every one of our managers to just bless someone uh, once a once a month. And so they have 50 bucks to spend on a member however they see fit, as long as that makes their day. And so that certainly does play a role in attrition. I just think it's very hard to measure. And I don't want their customer service to just be because I want to retain people. I want it to be because I want to be a great person that makes people's day great. I yep. want to be a day maker. And so 
that's the focus there, but it does affect attrition in a positive light. Yeah, two sides of the same coin, for Absolutely. sure. We need to we need to have that higher level why, but also that individual how. I can't thank you enough for clarifying that because I think that's tremendously important. So Luke, like I said, I'm I'm truly appreciative of your willingness to share here. We'll have to get you back on down the road because I'm sure that there's plenty for us to talk about. So thank you and, and we wish you nothing but the best, women. Thanks, Joe. All right. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.